You're listening to a Crossroads original podcast. The place that we always think we're going to end up in reality is so convoluted from where we thought we were going to be. From Crossroads Media, this is See Here Love, the podcast with Melinda Estabrooks, season eight, episode number 36. Tyndale is set apart for several reasons. They're very invested, not only in your academic excellence, but also your spiritual growth. The best part of studying at Tyndale is the flexibility. Our professors, they work with us to help us get through the courses. They really care about me as a person. Come, you'll see the diversity that the Kingdom of God has to offer. If you want to develop personally, I'd want to develop professionally. This is the place for you. Well, welcome to a special episode of See Here Love. And you know, I, I love to feature women who are doing brave and courageous things. Women like you and me. Women who get nervous being on a podcast. <clears throat> women <laughs> who have stayed at home supporting their family and now are doing something completely different than they would have ever thought in this stage of their life. Don't you just love that? And I love for as women... We go through seasons, different seasons of our life. And it feels like we're like seven different women. If we think about when we started off as a teenager and if you're 50, 60, 70, it feels like uh, we've lived like seven lives. And, you know, we're changing and opportunities come our way. And I guess the big question is, will you take the step to do something that terrifies you, that you feel completely ill-equipped to do? Will you trust God to lead you and guide you? Well, this week, my guest is a very special guest and special friend, Laura Ross. She's also the founder of Seeds, which we'll talk more about in our conversation. So welcome, Laura, to See Here Love. Thank you very much for having me. All right. So this is going to be really a wonderful and, and, you know, I think really great conversation for you and I because we're friends and sometimes or with friends, you can kind of chat about things you're doing, but you don't get kind of like a focused, honed in conversation about actually what you're really doing. Like, you know, we we have mutual friends, we go out for dinner, we have girls, weekends away and all that. But sometimes we don't have this kind of moment. So I'm really looking forward, Laura, to this because it's all about you. <laughs> Great. You know, I love that. <laughs> I know. That's why I said it. I'm like... Yeah, she'll be like, yeah. no, that's okay. <laughs> but thank you. I still appreciate the opportunity to be here with you. <laughs> oh, boy. All right. Well, and, and you know what? Let's tell um, our listeners and viewers like how we met in that random way. <laughs> because to this day, when I share this story, people are like, really? Yeah. So tell your side, and then I'll tell my side and fill in. But this is... Okay, listeners and viewers, this is this is seriously how Laura and I met, and it's it's kind of wild and funny all at the same time. But Laura, what's your side of that story? <laughs> so my side of the story would be that um, I was on Facebook one day, and, and a mutual friend of ours had posted that uh, this organization company called See Here Love was looking for a farm to um, to possibly be the host of the opening of their show. 
And I was like, oh, our place looks pretty good right now. For whatever reason, we had cleaned it all up. Maybe there was a wedding or something. I forget what. I was like, oh, our place looks pretty good. So I'll send her a few pictures. So, <laughs> so I I did that. And then uh, then you connected with me. You're like, yeah, I think it could be good. And 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 then you brought a whole team of people over. And that was the first time we actually met. <laughs> it's you bringing your entire cast, really, and extras of all the people that were recording uh, to come over. And so that was the, that was the first, which was great. It was <laughs> it was great as always to uh, to spend time with you and to um, yeah to meet you first of all, and to to go forward from there. That was, you're exactly right. We put out a call, like we need this farmhouse for our show opener. And I was looking for this white farmhouse and a very specific look. Because if you know, kind of, you know, Chip and Joanna Gaines, Magnolia farmhouse vibe, which I was like watching on like TV and all of that. And then all these people sent pictures of their farmhouses, which weren't white, which some of them weren't even farmhouses. <laughs> they were like brick homes in, in suburbia. I'm not even joking. No offense to the people who sent me pictures of their suburbia home. Thank right. you so much. But when I put out the call for a white farmhouse, and then I remember you sent those in, and I'm like, oh my goodness, this is perfect. And we went, and I think were you gardening, but you had to run out. Like you literally like, were you gardening? Bye, see ya, thanks, go. And then you kind of like yeah. left the house. So trusting to us. <laughs> Yes, I actually, yep, I did. I did. I have to run out to actually meet with one of my survivors, to be honest. Yeah. We'll get into that later. <laughs> yeah. But I was like, and the crew was like, did she just leave you her house? <laughs> I'm like, I think so. And then I think somebody said, yep. what's in her fridge? Yeah. <laughs> and you could have gone. You could have walked Shoot. right in. Shoot, we should have, because I was like, oh, no, guys, no, no. No, well, no maybe, I don't know her that well. No, not exactly. <laughs> And then because oh. of that connection, then we found out that we had mutual friends. Yeah. And then we started having these like girls dinners together and girls times yeah. away. And you think like, you know, people always ask like, how do women get to know each other? Especially later <laughs> in life. A lot of women will say to me, Laura, like, I can't find friends at this age or stage. Yeah. Um, it's hard for me to connect with women later. You know, like usually you find friends that are like your your teenage friends or college friends. And then those become your friends. But like we became friends, you know, kind of later in, in life in that way. Yeah. And just through that. And then we kind of just sort of like we're really intentional about it. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So and I you appreciate know? your intentionality in bringing um, people together. You are very good at that. Thank you. Well, it's easy when it's people like you. And <laughs> it's it was meant to be because it's been really um, a, a fun journey. Um even just in the past couple of years, just seeing where where you're at. So let's get. I know people are like, okay, so who are you, Laura? So maybe just give a bit of personal background because I think your background of who you are kind of sets the stage to now where you are. Do they mean what we said? So maybe some personal background, what sure. you do, what you're doing, and all of that kind of stuff. Okay, sure. Um, yeah. So the funny thing is, I am just this average person who, when I grew up, I grew up on a farm outside of Cornwall on Paragon Road. And um, yeah, I just, I never really thought I was anything special. I still don't think I'm anything special, to be honest. Um, but I grew up as a pastor's kid slash farmer's kid. And uh, my dad was part-time 
uh, pastoring and, uh, and then he went into full-time farming. So that's really how I spent my first 16 years was really growing up on a farm. And then when I was 16, he decided he'd go full-time into the pastorate again and, uh, which brought us to this area. So we were, um, we moved to Sheffield, which is just outside of Cambridge and uh, a small village there. And so brought us to this area and yeah, I just started making friends here. And then I went off to uh, Briarcrest Bible College and I was in Saskatchewan and did that for, I was supposed to go for two years. And um, between my two years and my summertime, I went tree planting and uh, out in BC and really had a crisis of faith, I would call it, when I was there. And I decided that I was going to leave Bible college because I wanted to find God again. Um, I know it sounds sort of funny to wonder why someone would have to leave Bible college to do that, but I was so busy with 21 hours of school. I was on the volleyball team. I was on the missions committee and I didn't, I wasn't making time for God. So Mm -hmm. three weeks into my second semester, I left um, on the advisement of a few people, a few good friends. And, uh, and then four days later, when I returned back to Cambridge, I met my husband. So I, (laughs) God has plans, you know, far above ours. And um, that didn't obviously go perfectly. But that was an introduction to my husband. And then uh, where God took that from there, that was his plan. So we got married in 1996 and had five kids over the years. And yeah, we were living a very lovely life, I will say. And then God. And then God. You know, I want to go back to that. I think this is fascinating because I felt the same way, Laura, in Bible college. And I love the Bible college I went to. Um, But for me, there was a challenge because it felt like I was doing the school and doing the work, trying to get to know God, but I actually was missing on the relationship with Jesus. And I mean... I stayed through, but I remember I had to take a moment to say, like, what am I doing? Like, I'm, I'm doing the work, but I actually don't know him. Like, it feels yeah. like I'm just doing it to, to get this grade, but I don't actually have any relationship. I didn't, I didn't know him, you know, I didn't, mm-hmm. I didn't know him well. And so, you know, my Bible college experience was really more about the community that I met there, women who are so not like me who we somehow were able to say, let's focus on God and not the differences. And some of these girlfriends are like, have been my best friends for the past like 25, 27 years. And they're so opposite, but it's like Jesus kind of put us together, you know, in that place. But I hear you. I hear that kind of crisis of faith challenge. And what what was the crisis of faith? Like, what was it? Was there something about God or was it the systems or what was it? I think it was sort of like you is making your 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 faith your own, and because I had grown up in a pastor's family, right, and so all my life I've been hearing about God, hearing about Jesus, and there were um, definitely moments along the path that God 
sort of stuck like uh, an anchor in and said, this is what you're going to learn from and you're going to go forward from here. And there were definitely times like that. Like when I was, I came to Christ at an early age and out of fear mostly. Um, and then when I was 12 at a camp, I just realized then how much God actually loved me. And so right. those kind of moments. And then as a, as a teenager, just realizing, okay, what do I want with my relationship with God? Right. And what does that look like? Is it going to be surface? And I'm like, I don't do surface very well. It's got to be in depth. And so I, yeah, it was that, that time of just looking all around me at so-called, I mean, I hate to be sound judgmental, but so-called Christians that didn't look any different than the world. And I'm like, I don't want that. I I want to look different, not to the extent that people are like scared. <laughs> but <laughs> exactly. Right. Right. But right. more to the like, wow, okay, there's something different about her. What is it that makes her different? So that kind of thing. Like being in the world but still not of the world and not having a mindset of the world. Mm -hmm. And I feel like God has really sort of honed that over and over and over again in my life, which can make me feel like I stand on the outside, to be honest, a fair bit. Yes. Because I feel very different inside when I when I am surrounded by Christians who aren't as maybe, I don't know, in depth, but God has also taught me a lot about grace because I mean, even when in Bible college, they used to call me the Holy Spirit because I was like so judgmental <laughs> and so black and white. Yeah. And uh, so after this time of um, sort of crisis of faith, I was just like, wow, there's actually mm -hmm. a lot of gray areas in life I mean, that don't have black and white answers for people. So, and that was sort of, yeah the big impetus that spurred me on to sort of where I am today. That is so good. You know, I think that's for a lot of us that have been following Jesus for a long time, or it could be for people that are right now who are like, there are a lot of gray areas. Like the scriptures are mysterious. The people yeah. are mysterious. God is, you know, you think one thing about him and then something changes or you have questions about why, this didn't happen or this didn't happen. And there's, yeah, there are gray areas. And so I think the, I think the challenge for us is that we're people who want the answer. We want exactly yes. why. Yes. I want it to resolve. I want yes. to know exactly why this happened. That's I want right. to know the timeline. And put it's in like, a little box, please. Put it in a <laughs> box. And then I just nice and organized and ready yeah. to go. Well, the thing wow. though, is that when you look through scriptures, it's like hope and faith, <laughs> like Hope and faith, like faith, it's like, well, you can't, you know, you have to have faith in the things that you cannot see. And so then yes. will you trust God in the things you don't know and don't see? And that drives it, that drives someone like me crazy. Yes. Because Same. I want to see it. I want to know it. I want to touch it. I want to feel it. I yeah. want, I want the proof. I want it. And yet there is so much gray and mystery, uh, which I think is so wise of God, because of course, if we knew everything, you know, obviously, but I mean, I think that's, but I it, I know that drives people crazy. Like they want to yeah. know. So yeah. yeah, I think that's really, I think that's a really good reminder. Ugh. And even for your own personal story about the gray area. 
like living in yeah. that space, right? Yeah, exactly. It's annoying though. <laughs> Sometimes. <laughs> Is it ever? Or let's just be honest. <laughs> yeah. And, and like even just today, it was annoying. I'm like, ah, okay. <laughs> so, so yeah, I'm still living in that processing all the gray areas and processing, yeah, yeah who God is. Yeah, and living in the tension Good. of it, you know, because yeah. even just in so many questions of, you know, people are like, why God? Why weren't you there? Why didn't you save yeah. me? Why didn't you protect me? Why did she have to pass away so young? And it's like, yeah. We don't have the answers for it. We don't, yeah. you know, but do That's we right. trust God? Do we remain faithful? Do we, as people who follow Jesus, then love more and serve more and care more? I think that's the call. I think in a lot of the gray areas, God's like, okay, well, the default would be love. Yes. And the default would be, you know, like kind of keep going, yeah. keep loving, keep serving. Yes. Um, because you won't know the answers. That's exactly the end. it. That's so exactly it. Stop stressing about it because you won't know. You know, <laughs> just it's stop like, okay, stressing. Yeah, stop stressing. Thanks, God. <laughs> That's gonna be our model for the show title. Be like, stop stressing. Dash God. God Thank God you. Is. Yeah. <laughs> so let's go back to you know you you said you got married. You have five kids, which is mm -hmm. like wow. That's a huge accomplishment. Uh, I know that you do incredible baking. <laughs> so I know you started that in in yeah. that. Yeah. And so you have this life. So just quickly paint a picture. So you're on this farm, you have five kids, you're baking like it it sounds very idyllic. Lovely, idyllic and lovely yes. and beautiful. Yes. Beautiful. Exactly. All of this. Um okay, so uh I'll back up a little bit to okay. two thousand and twelve. And uh, my husband comes home one day. So we had built, um, we had all five kids at this point, and we had built a retirement home um, when our second one came along. And like retirement home, like we built it from the ground up, we researched, we did everything. And um, and then in 2000, and, and we lived there, we moved in in 2001. So 10, 11 years goes by, right? And my oldest is in school, um, the kids are, I'm trying to think at that point, forgive me if my math is a little off, if all <laughs> my kids were in school, are just the youngest ones were going into school. And uh, great school. I was just, had just started getting really involved in the community and life was great. And, <laughs> and it, I, honestly, it was, it was really good. Um, and then my husband comes home one day and he says, so like, I, I, I heard this farm is for sale. And I'm like, so? Like, we built our retirement home. Like, I totally dismissed it. And then two days later, he comes back and he says, so I booked her a, an appointment to see this farm. And I'm like, what? What are you, like, what are you thinking? You know, my, I, I love my husband dearly, but sometimes our just, our thought patterns just are not yes. on the same level at all. <laughs> and uh, anyway, so I'm like, what? Fine. Okay, we'll go okay. see this farm. Yep. So I went to see this farm and, uh, and driving in. Like, it was funny because the things that stick out in my head is the fact that I passed this county sign and I'm like, it's out of our county. Like, I can't keep my kids in the same school. Like, okay. 
and we drive up the driveway and there's this tiny little building with um, a pavement uh, walkway that went like right on the main floor. And as soon as I saw it, I'm like, oh, that's interesting. Thanks. My dad's in a wheelchair and he is just right on the level of the driveway. And so there's no steps, there's no ramps, there's no nothing that he would mm-hmm. need in this little house. And then we come up to the back of the house and it's always the little things I, I find that God speaks can speak the loudest in. And so we walk in the back door and remember I said, we have five kids and there's like, it's a massive entryway at the back door and there's five cupboards. And for me, I'm just like, really? Oh, yeah, God speaks to me in numbers in sometimes. <laughs> so just the fact that there were five cabinets for each of my kids to have their own cabinet walking in the house and like, uh, okay. And then there were all kinds of, like, it just went on from there about all the ways that God showed us that this was the place for us. Before. And uh, I'm not saying in any way, I'm not glossing it over saying it was easy. If In fact, 2012 was probably the hardest, and 13 was probably the hardest years I've ever lived. Because hey. um, I find that once you, once you say yes to God, when he is asking you to step out, um, it's in a lot of big ways. It's not just in one big way, but in a lot of big ways. And uh, I've got like a whole piece of paper with the list of everything that went wrong in hey. 2012 and 2013. And um, and so, yeah, in the midst of that, I, I, do, I did like to bake. And so we did move our family um, to the farmhouse. Um, and uh, and enjoyed like the time with my family. My parents moved into that little house, um, just 500 feet from us, and which is fantastic. So, and then that gets into the rest of my story. But right. we can talk about that in a minute. You know, I love this. I mean, the couple couple things that you said, like the littlest things. Um, in the littlest things, God speaks in the loudest way. Uh-huh. That's really you know sometimes that's it. Sometimes we think that God's gonna do the writing on the wall and the big things. Yeah. You know, like, please speak to me loudly in my house, you know, like in a (laughs) voice that I love, you know, like that either Morgan Freeman or Brad Pitt or whoever (laughs) else we want, you know, speak to me. And a lot of times, like you said, it's in the little ways. And I think sometimes we miss it, right? Because because we're looking for the big answers and obvious things or whatever, we miss that there's always these little kind of like, like, you know, how like in Taylor Swift songs, there's those eggs that they always do or in like shows like The Office, they have these eggs, they call it, where it's like funny little things that the writers put in or the actors put in or the singer yeah. puts in that connects to something. Yeah. It's like he, God's doing that yes. all over the place. And we're like, exactly. and I feel like sometimes it's like fun, like God's dropping these little eggs around and he's like, find them. Open your eyes behind them. This is fun, you know? And it's like, oh, and then we miss it. And he's like, you missed you missed it. That was kind of like something I was gonna, I was saying to you or something encouraging for you and you missed it. Like, I love right. what you just said there, Laura. Like these littlest things is like the way that God speaks to us the loudest. Yeah. If we're looking and listening, right? Right, exactly. So how have you honed yourself into that? 
because if, <laughs> if, if there's a lot of people who are like looking for the big things, the big answers, the yeah. obvious ways of God speaking or answering, how have you kind of like disciplined or focused in onto the little things are maybe even some of the most powerful ways God speaks to us or shows yeah. us? Yeah. Um, it's been interesting. It's been, as, as everything in life, all our learning tends to be built on something else before it. And, uh, but there was one, one thing that funny enough, Kathy Maid said to me, uh, when, um, I got together with her and sharing a bit about what we were doing. And, and she said, like what you said, it's never this big aha, ta-da moment. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's God, like, pulling back the curtains a little bit and then closing them again and then pulling them back a little bit more and then closing them. And, and I think that is really where God pieces our life together so that he gets the glory so that it's, it's nothing of us saying, Oh, I had this great big idea and this is how it all came together. And it's like, well, that could happen. Um, but like I have a lot of amazing people in my life and my mentor is one of them. And she's been with me for over 25 years now. Wow, that's awesome. And uh, one of the things that she has said is that um, God, he takes things and he, he puts them together in ways that, um, that we don't always understand. Like we think he wants us to go over here, but in reality, he wants us to go over here so that we'll go over here. <laughs> and, but we wouldn't get over here if we hadn't gone this direction first. And so the, the, the place that we always think we're going to end up in reality is so convoluted from where we thought we were going to be. And um, so it's just been, it's been eye-opening as I've been looking for, especially with that kind of mentality, is that thinking was like, okay, God, I really feel like you're calling me to this. I'm going to go in that direction with the understanding of what I have right now. And I'm going to trust that if you have something else besides that, that you will open my eyes to see that. Mm-hmm. And so it is quite um, quite a journey in figuring all those fun things out with God. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I love that. Okay, so lovely life on the farm. You move to the farm, you're five kids, you're baking, you're schooling your kids. It's lovely. And I'm assuming you're thinking that maybe this is your life like here we are the trajectory maybe you're questioning well when the kids leave what's going to happen but here's your life yeah and then all of a sudden we're (laughs) we're faced with (laughs) this entirely different yeah focus trajectory you know it what is this so let's talk about seeds let's talk about what what caused you to launch it? What it is, and then I've got some sure. really good questions about it. But again, for those for the for the women who are listening, going, okay, yeah, I'm I'm tracking. It's is here's my life. Here's my life. It all seems yep. good. It's lovely. Yep. This is what I'm doing. And then, bam. Okay, and then, bam. That's right. <laughs> Here we are. So let's field. talk about how we got to the bam. Um, <laughs> and and more about seeds because it's a phenomenal organization and what you're doing. Thank you. So yes, the BAM came the with bam. the move to the farm. Yeah. And uh, and like I was sharing earlier, all those, like it was a really hard, really hard time in our lives. Like 
that long list of things, right? And so in the midst of that, my husband had a very public anxiety attack at church. And yeah. to the point that um, I thought he actually almost had a stroke. He just, anyways, it was really bad. And so he, um, the ambulance is called and they tell him, well, you're not going to get in any sooner if you go by ambulance. So maybe just make an appointment with your family doctor. So he does that. So this is Sunday. So Monday, he goes to see his family doctor and his doctor says, well, you had an anxiety attack. Let's have lunch on Wednesday. I'd like to talk to you about something. And he's just, he's a little quirky that way. So Mm -hmm. he could do that. And uh, so Wednesday, uh, my husband goes to lunch with the family doctor, comes back and he's like, I said, so how did lunch go? He's like, well, he said, it was fine. He says, but he asked if we would consider converting our barn that we just bought like on the farm into a home for survivors of human trafficking. And I'm like, what is that? <laughs> what? Like, we're, we're dealing with the a public anxiety attack. Yeah. <laughs> now. No, we're, we're, I know. See the okay. bam? See the bam? bam. <laughs> yeah. That's a bam. That's a bam. That was a bam. <laughs> and I'm like, what is that? Like, I, I honestly had never even heard of the issue before, Melinda. Like, yeah. I, I was so like living my life with my family and my kids going to church and all these amazing things. And, and then, you know, like God steps in, in, in a, well, I'll say now it's a beautiful way, but in a very big way at that time. So, and that was, that was the change. Just that one offhanded comment changed the trajectory of my life because I started doing research and I'm like, what is human trafficking? And why do, why, why should I care? And the more research I did, the more I understood, because his initial understanding was that girls were being brought here to Hamilton on containers, like from across the ocean. And I mean, it could happen, but it's not like that, really. Um, Because statistics say that 93% of human trafficking victims in Canada are Canadian girls. And so that's what I was learning and that's what I was coming to understand. And so did more research and more research and more research and met people, um, met with Katarina McLeod, met with Tamiya Nagy, met with lots and lots of people who pointed me in the direction of, okay, this is what is going on. Now, what are you going to do about it? And I'm like, okay. And so that initial conversation that, you know, that thought process of, building a house and like okay do they need a house and when I first started looking into it there were only five homes all across Canada for survivors of human trafficking there's lots of shelters for women which is fantastic we need those but human trafficking is so different than um than oftentimes what brings a woman to a uh, shelter and like the the trauma, the levels, the the depth of trauma is just so deep that there needs to be um, sorry in depth um, healing and in depth understanding of the issue. So that's sort of uh, yeah, that's sort of what launched the idea for having a home for survivors. And so then seeds, which stands for supporting every Eve's daughter safely. Um, and because I've got this gardening background, being on a farm, 
Okay. And there's so many biblical references to seeds too that um, a girlfriend and I were chatting about it at the at her kitchen table the one day and I was sharing with her all that I want to do and she came up with the name. She's like, well, why don't you call it seeds? And I'm like, okay, well, like, can we use, well, what can we do for an acronym? And and so we worked away on the acronym too. And um, and I just feel like it's it's a very good launching point of understanding that uh, we are all seeds, it, like really. Um, okay. But especially for these young women who have gone through so much trauma and they've just been covered in darkness and in manure and in just dirt, right? Mm-hmm. And But out of that, they are that seed that begins to sprout given the right conditions. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so that's what we hope to do is to give them those right conditions so that they can they can with God turn that fertilize that manure into fertilizer, and that it can be like the impetus for what they do with their lives going forward. Because I like I come from a place of incredible privilege. I am very aware of that, and mm-hmm. and as like we'll talk about a little bit too, but. Um, one of the things that I came to grips with was like, who am I to be thinking that I can help them, right? I don't know anything about their trauma. I don't know anything. I've yeah. never experienced anything like that. And uh, I spoke with a mutual friend of ours, John Castles, and um, mm-hmm. he shared with me, Laura, like you're actually the perfect person to be helping these girls. Because all they've known is a really bad normal up until now. And you can actually share that there's a a good normal um, because their normal is normal, right? Whether it's bad or good, everybody's normal is what we know. And But if all they've ever known is something really, really bad, then you can come along and say, you know what? I never experienced that. Like there is there's possibilities that your kids will never have to experience what you've experienced and you can raise them in a good normal, that kind of thing. So a lot of struggles all the way along. That's (laughs) amazing. Yeah. So walk me through then, like, can you walk me through an individual, a young girl, like walk me through the process of what happens, how she, um, this holistic approach to restoration uh, you know, the long-term solution. So people know like when they support seeds or what you do, like just maybe giving an example of one one woman and then walk sure. me through what the process is. Sure. Um, so ideally, uh, we did a thought launch last summer uh, for our home. And okay. again, that was a whole process of me not really being ready and doing it anyways and learning and learning and learning and learning. And, um, but... To, just to give you an example, because that's that's sort of my frame of reference now of what we do. Um, so, like it, the young woman comes and lives at the house, and and she is, um, goodness, we do everything from with her from taking her to dentist appointments to helping with uh, medical appointments to doing setting up counseling, setting up therapy, those kind of things, and then there's. Um, then there's life skills. Oftentimes, uh, oftentimes these girls have left home at 12, like the average age 
of being drawn oh. into human trafficking is 12 to 14. So what does a 12-year-old know about life, about making a good life yeah. for themselves, right? Like I think about how much I learned uh-huh. between the ages of 16 to 18, to be honest, about everything, so much. And here the child mm-hmm. is leaving the house at the age of 12 and trying to make it out on their own. And so they're, they can be... They could be raised in group homes. They could be raised in home homes, like, and just escaping out of the window at night to go be trafficked. And then they come back and then they go to school. And like the, the stories are so different, so horrific. Like it was right. so beyond my level of understanding. Do you know what I mean? Like being raised in the church like- here, you're just thinking everybody's happy and whatever, like you, right? And mm-hmm. So this has been very, very eye-opening, and at the same time, that's just, these are the people that Jesus dealt with regularly, like Mary Magdalene, right? And when he went to her, and what he did for her, and there are so many other people that Jesus went to, and so that's a big part of what we start, how we started, was me going to these girls, not bringing them to us initially, mm, but going to them and meeting with them where they're at in the communities and and hearing a bit of their stories. To be honest, I don't, I don't know the full stories of probably, well, except for one, like most of my girls, because it comes out in bits and pieces and, and, and that's not really my place to hear their whole story. If they want to share it, I'm willing to listen. But typically, um, I just, that's just not something that they, they, they speak about because it was, it was so bad. And, uh, anyway, yeah, so and we trauma. Go, I mean, they're dealing yeah. with their trauma, right? Yes, exactly. And I'm not necessarily equipped to deal with that kind of, like, I can listen. And I do believe that God has given me a gift of being able to listen. Um, but then it's, what do I do with that to help them go forward? Um, so it's been, mm-hmm. yeah, it's been an interesting journey and, in, and in helping these women move from sort of that seed place to becoming a seedling to becoming mm-hmm. like, you know, building up and becoming that, that firmer stock, if you would, of the plant. And then to the point of producing fruit, I, I don't know that I would say that Ah, I shouldn't say that uh, definitely, but not many of the girls are at the point of producing fruit yet, if you know what I mean. Um, But they are definitely well on their way um, towards a place of healing, which has been beautiful to see, to be honest. I can tell you stories, but. Yeah. So they come to this home. So is the home, where is this, the home? The home is located in Brant County. It is a private location. Um, just to keep it safe for them. And, uh, and yeah. so then when we, if, and when we, when we bring volunteers in, it will be more for the program part of what we do. And the program takes place at Grace Bible Church in Cambridge, downtown Cambridge. And that is just, it's a, like, we rent a room okay. within the church and, um, and it's more like, um, a simple place for volunteers to come cause it's secure. Like it's a locked building, right? And uh, so you have to be buzzed in mm-hmm. kind of thing during the week. 
And so it's it's secure for the girls to That's feel good. safe. And um, yeah. Trying to think what else. Well, I love this because, you know, yeah, I'm looking on your, you know, the website reading more about seeds and it's, you know, this new story for sex trafficking survivors, a program that is a holistic approach to restoration. It's a long-term solution, you know, for 18 plus survivors of sex trafficking and or exploitation. Like, and mm-hmm. it's helping women to start anew to change their stories and to live whole independent lives. Like that's so empowering to hear, uh, you know, the holistic approach, long-term solutions. There's a lot of, you know, what I like is that you're going to them, but you're also giving them power to make choices and to decide and to learn skills. Like, it's not like you're just sort of like giving it all to them. And then, but it's like, no, we're going to teach them and train them and, Right. And work with them, right? So they can produce fruit, like seeds, right. seedlings, fruit, right? Yes, like, exactly. That's so empowering. Like for anybody, any traumatic situation and any growth or, you know, process that's so good because it kind of gives them back choice I'm to sure. make healthy choices for themselves. And it's not going to be perfect. And, you know, I've heard no. some stories where, you know, they don't always make, like us, we don't always make the best choices for ourselves, right? <laughs> like, right. Exactly. So we kind of keep going. But I I, yes. I want like women to start anew to change their stories and to live whole independent lives. I love that to change their stories. You're I like right. that you added that in. Like, because I think sometimes, you know, women, I mean, all people can get branded or people assume their story will be the same or that their title will be the same or what they do will always be who they are. Right. But what you say here is so like, oh, it really is. I love the the growth analogy where it's you're not staying in the ground covered with manure, but there is life yes. and possibility of blooming and flowers and things, you know? Right. Talk to right. me about that. I love that, women, you know, to change their stories. And I think that's just so encouraging. Yeah. It is a process. As, yeah. um, as you know, like a long-term solution, that's what we hope to give them. Um, so that the, the women who come to our home would be there for up to a year, from nine months to a year. and But within that, we hope to give them the tools so that they can move forward in their life, making not, per, like we said, not perfect decisions, but better decisions. So mm-hmm. they'll go through classes on what healthy relationships look like and boundaries. Like boundaries is such a big misunderstanding for them because they think that they're being negative if they say, no, I'm not going to do this. Um, Mm -hmm. But really, it's keeping them safe and keeping them um, with an element of of autonomy and being able to decide for themselves who gets to say what about what happens to them and and those kind of things. So yeah, it's like I said, it's a process of of where the girls go from when they start. So I've been working uh, with one one particular survivor since 2016. Hmm. It has been an up and down journey and all over the place. Um, but the amazing thing is, like, just I was with her just yesterday, and um, just seeing how how far she's come in that wow. time has been unbelievable. Like 
she is still going through a lot of junk. Mm-hmm. But her peace and her her desire to follow God in the midst of all of that, it just, honestly, it blows me away. Because I think, oh, it's hard enough for me to live, you know, in God's will and feel like I'm doing what God wants me to do in my idyllic life. Um, let alone with somebody who literally gets junk thrown at them, not daily, but weekly or monthly, to try to throw them into a spin of chaos. Um, That's one thing that I've noticed with survivors in particular, is their life is filled with chaos at the beginning. And so what we try to come in and show and to demonstrate is, is more peace, and uh and to be settled um so this yeah this survivor she's she's way there she is definitely in a place of peace in the midst of storm still and then i've got another young survivor it's been two and a half years since i've been working with her and even a year ago she's so different now than she was a year ago i was talking about you know wanting to be baptized and wanting to dedicate her children and church. It really is amazing. And and when I think about how she would just, you know, go off and leave her kids a year ago to with a drug dealer or somebody, I'm like, <laughs> okay, this is a lot of change in a year. And it's so that's been yeah. the privilege that I have when I walk with them longer term, because I really do see the benefit of of those changes. I th- I know that not everybody, it's not everybody's thing. Some people just want to jump in and they, they just want to help for, you know, a month or two or three. And and then they're done, they're on to their next thing. Um, but what I feel God has called me to is that longevity and is that walking out relationships with them. And I I think a big part of my desire to do that is, having had a mentor in my life for 25 years, somebody who has walked with me weekly and, you know, kept me on, (laughs) tries to keep me on the straight and narrow um, and just encourages me and, and all of that. So that is where I believe that's where my desire to walk long-term with these girls comes from. And so, yeah, it's, it's not going to be a quick fix there. It's going to take some time. And so that's where the journey to, where a new life comes from. You know, Laura, I love that because in a culture now where everything's quick fix, yeah. make it happen fast. Things are fast, 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 and we want to see fast results. Man, we need to be reminded, like what you're saying, about long-term, faithful, steady relationship and care. Whether it's your mentor for 25 years, whether you're two, five years with with women, I think we need to remind people. I think this is good to, for me to hear because I like to be like, all right, jump in, do it, let's go. Now, gifting-wise, there are people that are like, they're the they're church planters, they're the planters, they're the the Definitely. you know, the the starters. And then you've got the people who are, you know, people who maintain and they're like the yes. long term. So yes. gifting-wise, yes. I hear that. However, I think for all of us, there is a call about investment long-term, loving long-term, the distance, the race, like all of these things are really, really important. And whether it's in your own family, whether it's with survivors, whether it's with 
a mission or vision. And sometimes, you know, there are times where after the long time, God kind of releases you and lets you go. But there's just something that I'm glad you said that, that there is in the long term, uh, and it's hard work doing the long term Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of the times, you know. And so I think that's such a good reminder. Um, We could talk forever, but I need to just wrap up on a few things. Number (laughs) one, how can people... Find out more about Seeds and the work you're doing and to support you. Sure. Um, Just check out our website. It's uh, www.seedscanada.org. And yeah, that's probably the best way. Like what are your greatest needs? Our greatest needs. Good question. Um, So right now we're still lacking a couple things for the house. Not too many, um, but there's a couple of beds that we're still looking for twin beds and uh but for the most part i think we're good um at this point we really need staff (laughs) so if anyone knows of any amazing people for staffing we will post um links to that from our website so you can check that out better there okay volunteers canada.org yes okay and seedscanada.org yes is where is how we can reach you yes great okay great now last thing uh laura just your encouragement to women who are struggling with can i make a difference in the world is it too late for me i am not equipped i don't know uh you know or are afraid like oh my goodness this has been my life and i always thought this was going to be my life and i feel god is calling me or kind of like dropping the eggs uh, to something and I'm terrified, yeah. terrified, but I think I'm supposed to. How, what would you say to that woman? How would you encourage her today in in, in that? Um, I'd say try to remember what God has brought you through because I think when we look back and we think about what God has brought you through, we've seen that he's been faithful and we can see what he can bring us through in the future. And so mm-hmm. I think a big part of our success going forward with God depends on, especially at our age, is really depending on our looking back and saying, okay, God, and taking stock, like really taking stock of what has God led me through? What hard things has God brought me through? Oh, this is scary coming up. This is unknown. This is, I'm not so sure about whatever God has for me coming up. But he's been faithful so far that I'm gonna I'm gonna take that next step of faith with him because he has been faithful this far. That would be sort of Probably. my encouragement, if you will. Yes, because it could be it could be very scary. Like I said, I had no idea what I was doing when I took my first step of faith. I'd never I'd never heard of the issue, let alone met anyone who had been trafficked. And so taking those steps, and then even last summer doing our soft launch, taking those steps and just (sighs) relying on God, it is so rewarding. It really is. I can't tell you enough about how amazing the discovery of more of God when we take those initial steps of faith. Amazing. Well, Laura Ross, so super proud of you uh, for, you know, 
doing this, for listening to God, doing the research, connecting with people, and doing the hard work, which I totally is is so out of your comfort zone, which is even kind of out of your like skills of what you can do. And yet here God is leading. And so really proud of you. I'm thankful for that doctor who shared about that with your husband. It's like, I don't even know how to get my my head around that theologically or whatever, because it's like, okay, like what, what? Sure. But I mean, I'm just trying to think of a doctor coming in and then sharing something. But thank you, doctor, uh, for mentioning that because that brought you on this whole journey. And, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll be praying for the work you do and the survivors and, you know, the women who are being trafficked in Canada and mm-hmm. that more of us would step forward and help and speak up against and, and yeah. you know, support seeds in the work that you're doing. Because I think it's really beautiful, this holistic approach and long-term solution that you're doing. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you for coming on the podcast because I know this isn't your natural thing to do but you did an amazing job you know and again doing something brave and and going through it even when you know it's not your thing but again laura just showing and demonstrating um you know when women step forward with courage to share their story to share what god is doing it it impacts in so many ripples uh to so many so i know that your story has encouraged people who are listening and I'm just so thankful for you and your friendship with me. So thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you so much for reaching out and for pushing me into this. I appreciate it. <laughs> and I I have to trust that God's going to use this too, <laughs> this stumbling forward that I'm doing. But I, I appreciate you. And it's always easier to do it when you've got an amazing host. So thank you very much for that. thank you lauren to our viewers and listeners to you as you stumble forward as you're freaking out about the next step that god has for you know that god is with you to do hard and courageous things and know as you go that you are seen you are heard and you are deeply loved by god thank you so much for joining us Thank you for listening to See, Here Love, the podcast with Melinda Estabrooks. Stay connected with our daily posts and stories on Instagram or Facebook at See, Here Love, or join our newsletter at www.seeherelove.com.